Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the KPRC 2 Sports Podcast. Great to have you with us here as we talk some sports. This is episode number five. It has been too long since we debuted this podcast but uh, it is fun each and every week. I'm KPRC Sports Director Randy McAvoy. Uh, we're going to spend the next uh, 10, 15 minutes talking with uh, a guy. If you follow football here in the Houston area, and for that matter across the country, you know his name, Aaron Wilson, and uh, one of the best in the business, and he is hanging out with us uh, here in our podcast studio at KPRC2 in Houston, Texas. Aaron Wilson, good to see you, my good friend. Good to see you. Good to be here. Yeah, we, we talk on Sports Sunday, and uh, we see each other out at practices and ball games, and uh, uh, it's been a, been fun having you on a lot of our, our broadcasts over the years. Now, seven, eight years, you've been popping in here on Sports Sunday, but um, I know a lot of fans have enjoyed you know, your uh, stories and your coverage of the NFL, you obviously have a passion for it, and you do it. You're very good at what you do. Thank you very much. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. I love football. Grew up in Washington D.C. Going to the used to be the different teams, but now they're the Commanders. But yeah, I used mm-hmm. to go to a lot of their games as a kid. So I was watching Joe Theismann and guys like that play football, and yeah, it just got me interested in the game. And I played a little high school ball, a little college ball. Mm-hmm. Nothing too great. Uh, did win a high school championship. But nice. It, yeah, our uh, our fullback and nose guard was a guy named Kevin Plank. He started Under Armour. Yeah. And real proud of he him. He started Under Armour. He started Under You played Armour. with that guy. He was a year ahead of me in nice. school. Nice. And he was our fullback and nose guard. We called him the Planker. Okay. And uh, we beat DeMatha Catholic my 11th grade year. They did a direct snap to Kevin, and he scored a touchdown. And we're at Bird Stadium at University of Maryland. Uh-huh. A lot of people there. We went 29 to 13. And, nice. Uh, I think I had like one or two tackles in this game, but uh, I did better the next year. I got there you go. Catholic League, but it Good. was fun. Uh, I love football. Love talking about football, writing about football, and mm-hmm. I mean, what's what's not to like? You know, the game well, is we got, great. We got a lot to talk about uh, here in H Town with the Texans. Before we dive into that, I want to ask you: walk everybody through that. The, that isn't aware of your journey to get to Houston. Uh, you, you worked at some great places and had the chance to cover a lot of different uh, areas of the game, different teams as well on every level. Walk us through real quick kind of where you've been along the way in your it professional career. It does not career. start in the NFL, as you know. <laughs> you mean you didn't come out of college? And really, uh, I was a high school sports reporter in yeah. Brooksville, Florida. I interned in Pensacola, nice. Florida. And I did everything from in Pensacola, minor league ice hockey to a couple Florida State games and mostly high school football. Right. And high school football is how I really – I had done a lot of college football. When I went to East Carolina, I would covered bowl games. I had done all this, these things, but I didn't start off with my full-time job that way. My first job was in Brooksville, Florida, a place called Hernando today, Hernando County. Only real famous person from there was a guy named Jerome Brown, who was a Philadelphia Eagles defensive tackle. That uh, were you like the only writer on the staff? Or? We had two writers. Okay, so it had to cover uh, as everything. Far as sports, so we covered little league, we covered yeah high school sports, we did all these things, and then uh, about after a year, I got to go to St. Augustine, Florida, another small town. Right, beautiful area. Strategically pick them, 
and they let me cover three football games a week during the fall, high school football, University of Florida on Saturdays when they were at home, and right. the Jaguars games. Okay. So that was back when Mark Brunel was their quarterback. And so, that's, Coughlin so that's kind of when you broke in and got to cover NFL. NFL. Okay. And I didn't think I was the best NFL reporter. There was a guy named Pete Prisco who's now at CBS. He was the local beat guy, and he right. was hard-nosed. And I would watch Pete. And Pete and Tom Coughlin would joust and go at it, and I'd think, wow, this is – you know, an eye opener. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just out of college. I don't really, you know, I'm not used to a lot of confrontations. And <laughs> they're uh, seem pretty feisty. So I'm watching this and I just learn. I ask Pete questions and I ask other writers and I try to, you know, look for mentors. Mm-hmm. And that was actually the first year I met John McClain. And John was covering a, mm-hmm. he came to a Jaguars game because he was there to do an Eddie Robinson feature from who had played for the Oilers before. Right. So he was there just for Eddie. He was traveling around. They didn't have a team. The Texans yeah. did not exist yet. So John was there. I remember I, that. He would, he would kind of tour around and go to a different game every week. I introduced myself, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, told him I was a big fan of his and read all his stories, his NFL notebook. And I you know, asked him if it would be okay to send him some articles. And he said, sure. So I literally, like, mailed him articles, and he gave me a little feedback. And he said, you know, this is good, and you know, keep at it, and let me know if you need, ever need anything. And then one year yeah. I'm at the owners' meetings, and John was there, and I talked to him some more. And mm-hmm. he introduced me to a few people. And then I went to Nashville area. I was in Clarksville, Tennessee, and I covered the Titans. And then they would get to the Super Bowl, and covering Jeff Fisher and Steve McNair. And then they're a, a yard short. They don't win the game. And uh, where I think it really took off for me was when I got to go to the Baltimore Sun after being a small newspaper called the Carroll County Times. So uh, I think what you're getting here is – Paid a lot of dues. You have to work your you way up. You absolutely did. You don't start off necessarily. To, like, some people are so fortunate and talented to go. Maybe they start off at an ESPN or they start off, you know, at a Houston Chronicle or New York Times or whatever that might be. And my journey has been more like, well, I really had to, you know, earn it and uh, mm-hmm. you know, put in my time and break a lot of stories and have a lot of good relationships and just. Really, I, I would say it's not just about paying your dues, but it's about being consistent. Right, and, doing you know, solid, consistent work. Yeah. You have to spend more time immersed in the work than thinking about, well, what would this story do for me? Well, you just, you know, like what they say in football, it's a cliche, but it's a truism. Right. Stack days, stack articles, right. or stack, have a good podcast today. Everything you well, do. Well, it's like a saying well. I go by, too. It's like, you know, you may have had the best, in your case, the best story yesterday, or maybe I had one of my best shows yesterday, but. That was like yesterday. Right. You know, you're only as good as your next story, your Absolutely. next show, and you wanted to stack those consistent good good ones out there. So you've certainly done that, Thank man. You. Been around a long time, and uh, man, you you know the game well. You know a lot of people, and uh, I know a lot of people enjoy your coverage. So now uh, with the Pro Football Network, right? Uh, you do some work with Sports Talk 790. You're going to be joining KPRC Digital yes. Team as well. Still Excited. doing some appearances as well when your uh, schedule allows and. Uh, that's exciting, man. We're, we're excited to have you on board and uh, just bring your expertise as well to our pro football coverage and definitely with the Texans. Proud and grateful to be a part of it. Yeah. And, yeah, I've always loved coming in here. been coming in here for years uh, since yeah. my first year when I moved here. We, we I need to just give you one of those badges where you just swipe <laughs> in and the door opens. Yeah, and good. Hey, it's Aaron Wilson. He's here. You get some nice snacks in the fridge. It sounds good. I'll come <laughs> hang out. That's <laughs> right. Hey, let's talk uh, some Texans if we can uh, here on this uh, KPRC2 podcast. Again, episode five uh, as we inch a little bit closer to the regular season. We can't wait uh, when it all begins on September 11th 
NRG Stadium against the Indianapolis Colts, but they still got some preseason games to play and a lot of workouts, and there are a lot of decisions still to be made uh, by head coach Lovey Smith and his staff. Uh, we're, we're, is this drops? The, the game is coming up uh, tomorrow, Saturday evening at NRG Stadium, so it'll be our first look at these guys on the field in a game situation. Uh, before we get to that, I want to ask you just, you know, we're, we're now what, a couple weeks into camp. What has been the theme, you think, of camp and these camp workouts so far when you see how Lovey runs a, a practice and uh, maybe some guys that have stood out? Uh, what do you, what's your initial takeaways? My initial takeaways, it's been pretty crisp. It, they've had a good vibe around the team. You, know, you get a feel for them. What are the guys like? What's their enthusiasm? What's the buy-in? What are guys saying? And you really have to, whether it's in front of the podium or what they say privately, the takeaway I've had is they really like Lovey. Mm-hmm. And they respect Lovey. Uh, one player the other day said, "It's like talking to your dad. You know, you really you stand up and you pay attention and you take notice and you listen to what he has to say." And this is a guy that's been an NFL Coach of the Year. He's been in the Super Bowl. He's been in this game a long time, and that gives him a lot of credibility with the players. And you know, it's just different. You know, sometimes when you're a first-time head coach like a David Culley, you're still finding your way. You're finding your voice, and Lovey's already got his voice, and he's got a really good imprint. On everything with the game and you know he's also I would say even though he's an old-school guy the way he treats these guys is very modern you know these practices are not brutal they're you know demanding but mm-hmm. you know we're not seeing a lot of serious injuries we're not seeing a lot of hitting we're not seeing people going to the ground I mean remember Bill O'Brien era they would tackle a lot there's nothing wrong with that but I think he's doing everything he can to try to keep these guys healthy while also teaching and as far as standouts you know, we were talking to one of them this week, Jalen Petrie. Man, Jaylen he's been a lot a, of plays. Yeah, he he spoke on Wednesday uh, at camp, and that was the first time we, I think all of us out there are saying we asked the PR, when is Jalen Petrie going to talk? <laughs> Can we talk to Jalen Petrie? Uh, man, he has really turned heads, and I guess as advertised coming out of Baylor. But man, it seems like it's been really quick with him. Right, the way he finds the football, he likes to emulate some you know, some really good role models: Tyron Matthew, Buddha Baker. And he's a versatile safety. If you look at what he did at Baylor, he played even a sort of a modified linebacker position at one point called the star. Yep. He has done a lot of things in nickel. But for the Texans right away, they're mostly using him as a pure safety. And he is first on the depth chart along with Derek Stingley. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing I took away from that conversation, that Stingley and Petrie are comparing notes. They're talking ball. They're both students of the game. They're both very talented. Obviously, Stingley is ultra talented that's why he was the third pick of the draft overall but mm-hmm. when you think about to have two building blocks in the secondary and you're talking about actual talent and guys that you can plug in right away obviously we've got to see how they play in the games but it seems promising I mean, the early return based on what we're seeing at practice i mean they're constantly making plays petrie's real vocal out there and i love that out of a rookie i don't know how often and you've been around the game a long time how often do you see rookies two weeks into camp Kind of almost taking the defense on their shoulders. And, I can and, think of one time, <laughs> and his name was Ed Reed, and he's in the Hall of Fame. There you go. But it, he's yep. special, special, right. uh, different kind of safety that sort of, in some ways I like revolutionized mm-hmm. safety play where people are still talking about him way after his retirement. But he's feeling comfortable doing that. Yes. Sometimes rookies just kind of do their business and keep their mouth shut. What does that tell you, that he's actually already – not afraid, not holding back. And I think he's earning a lot of respect real quickly. I Highly think. respected by his teammates, by older players. Yeah. That's a good sign. Yeah. And it does resonate the leadership qualities and the fact that 
high character, high football character, uh, you know, someone that has family support, went to high school here, mm-hmm. went to Baylor. A lot of people, whether it's general managers from other teams or coaches, have asked me, hey, how's Petrie look? Right. I really like Petrie in the draft. Mm-hmm. And the Texans got themselves a good one. I think Nick Casario, you know, it's way early to talk about a home run in this draft, but it looks really good on paper. And if they get Kenyon Green, healthy Kenyon's uh, sideline right now with a knee injury, that's their first-round pick from Texas A&M. I was, was going to ask you, high school. Uh, again, not out there as of Wednesday. And uh, is that a concern right now that he's missing so much time when they're counting on him? I mean, this offensive line has to step up this season. You've got great bookends. The interior of that offensive line, is that a concern if he's not out there? It is a concern. And it's not a season-ending deal, but he did yeah. have a lateral collateral ligament surgery this offseason. Okay. And that's why they were slow in the ramp-up in the spring. But the knee is still sore. So it's kind so of a carryover right now. some soreness and carryover. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's no real update as far as when is he going to be back. He is back in the meetings. George Warhoff, the offensive line coach, told me the other day that now that he's back in the meetings, that that's a good sign because they can at least give him the mental reps. Mm-hmm. Well, we're watching a lot of, and you love he's, you know, like a lot of coaches, when you don't have to have an injury report in the preseason, it doesn't give you a lot. You know, they'll tell you maybe that Garrett Wall, you know, reported this the other day. He has a sprained ankle, mm-hmm. and so I don't think he'll play in the preseason game. He's injured. But he, unless the guy's out for the season, like Darius Anderson, has got a dislocated knee, and he's done for the year. He messed up his ligaments, too, and he's having surgery. Generally, he's just not going to give him a big update. But they don't seem alarmed, and everything I'm hearing – you know, whether it's from you know, Kenyan's folks or other people that know him, it's just not viewed as something where he's not going to miss, you know, the entire season. Right now, the thought is that with rest and rehab, that he'll get back out there. But it's not the same. I mean, we saw Max Sharping, who's penciled in as the you know next guy up at left mm-hmm. guard. And, mm-hmm. You know, Max had a good rookie year, but it's been kind of downhill since then. And so that's not the same level and that's why they drafted Kenya that high 15th pick overall they're expecting him a lot out there from eventually him. Yeah. and as George Warhop said once he's back out there you'll see why we drafted him that high good that's encouraging I know for Texans fans got the next uh, we got about five minutes I want to just quickly hit on on Davis and then uh, thoughts on the the game coming up uh, Saturday against the Saints Davis Mills spotlight clearly on him everybody's watching almost every drill every series, every throw that he makes. Uh, he's had some good days at camp. I haven't been there every single day like you have, but uh, he's had some, some good days, some good throws. He's had some days where he struggled on some of the deep balls. Uh, that big a deal right now at camp that maybe some of those deep balls are not on the same page or a little underthrown, or is that something just it's a timing thing as camp continues? I don't think it's cause for alarm, but – I don't think it's necessarily his forte or the forte of this offense. Yeah. If you look at when Brandon Cooks, when they've done something with him, generally it's underneath, a, kind of underneath. Stuff. it's been yeah. something maybe like a post, but it's never – they don't have a lot of fly routes, it looks like, in the offense. Yeah. It looks like they're trying to stay ahead of the numbers, ahead of the chains, and move the football you know, in kind of a workmanlike fashion. I know that – they will throw to the tight ends more than they did with Tim Kelly. Pep mm-hmm. Hamilton likes that an emphasis. Right. They don't really have a star tight end. They have good tight ends for Brian Brevin Jordan, and they just traded for Adam Shaheen, who's more of a blocking tight end, and Tegan Kuatiriano. You know, he's kind of dinged up. He ices his knee at the end of every practice. Uh, that's something that bothered him in the offseason. He's not 100%. 
And Anthony Eau Claire, he's got a sprained knee. He's in a brace. He's not right. ready yet. We don't know if he'll even be ready for the first game. So no real deep threat, so no, to speak. And, yeah. uh, you know, I wonder if that'll come back and – if you're an opposing defense, is it to almost make it easier on defenses to prepare for the Texans? Uh, if if oh. you know they don't have a deep threat, they're going to be going. Other than Brandon, I mean, right Brandon stuff. Yeah, Brandon can stretch the field. I mean, he's four three all day, all right, and all night. But when you look at the complementary guys, Nico is fast for a big guy, mm-hmm. and he can he basically is always open because he can body people out of the way. And I think he's had a nice camp. I, I'm impressed right. with him. His routes are better. He looks. Sharper, he shed the rust. He had uh, opted out at Michigan in his final college season, yeah. so his rookie year, sort of a work in progress. I mean, he's added weight. He looks really, really good, he's man. Lean and strong. Yeah, he is. He is. But you know they don't have John Mechie the third this year, and I think he was going to miss a lot of the season anyway because of the ACL. But right. John, unfortunately, more important things going on in the football. He's got a formal leukemia. Yeah, and, that's uh, number one priority. Yeah, him healthy. And, but I really feel like someone's got to step up in the slot. And Chris Moore has looked the best of mm-hmm. those guys that's consistently out there. Philip Dorsett, he's fast, too, and he'll flash, but he gets dinged a lot. He had missed about a week of camp, and now he's back. Mm-hmm. And they're going to compete for the slot job to see who's going to be the primary guy. I want to ask you just on, on Mills again, um, how, how important – I mean, from my stance, I'm saying, okay, he's got a, a, a full off season now coming out last year as a rookie – Ended up starting what uh, ten games, thirteen. Games? He was nine and two as a starter, so, okay, and he had the 11, sub game in Cleveland where okay. he lost that game. But okay, so he's got the full off season now, and he's still a, a, a young quarterback coming out. And uh, how, how much does the off season make a difference? I, to me, it's going to go a long ways towards progress and as he elevates his game next step that he's had this whole time with these it guys. Helps a lot, you know. And, and, uh, Two and nine, rather, as, as a starter, um, but had those 11 starts. When you think about his evolution and his emergence as a guy that has really had a good offseason, mm-hmm. he's gotten stronger. He's put time in, in the weight room. He's sturdier. I think he moves well. I think his arm talent's showing up. And it's several people telling me, like, if he had been at Stanford last year, if he had stayed, if he had not gone out early, he would have been clearly a first-round draft pick. And, maybe, the num- know, yeah, maybe the number one quarterback? The, in this draft? Yeah, sure. I think he would. I mean, think about like him as opposed to like Kenny Pickett and some of these right. other guys. Right. I mean, I just think he's much better. He's more talented. Is uh, that part of the patience? Like, even when he when they drafted him, he had not played tons of football at Stanford, and you know, as far as amount of starts, so it was going to be just give this guy a little bit of time. Right. And I think so many people wrote him off, and I just my stance. I don't know what your stance was, but I was like, man. It's unfair to him right now to say he can't be the guy. A, he didn't have enough time, and certainly last season he didn't have enough weapons around him. I think it was an unfair assessment last year. No running yeah. game, right. offensive line without Laramie Tunsil. You had Titus Howard not playing his normal right tackle spot. Yeah, And then, you know, it was a historically bad running game. Mm-hmm. And now they're hinging their hopes. You know, Damian Pierce looks good. Marlon Mack, if he regains his old form before the – torn Achilles he had a couple years back but yeah I think that the fair evaluation of Davis is and this whole season what's the most important big picture thing do they have their quarterback their QB1 for the foreseeable future and they hope that they have and if they've hit on him then you've got a guy in an affordable rookie deal then you start building around him yeah absolutely all right all right got about 90 seconds here uh Saints coming up Saturday night what do you want to see out of this I mean uh what are you looking for because 
this, the main guys, if they play, they're going to play very much probably. What, what are you anxious to see in a preseason opener? I'd like to see them not commit penalties. I'd like to see them not turn the football over. I'd like to see a lot of fundamentals. You want to see them tackle well. You want to see them obviously get out with minimal amount of injuries, if any. And you want to see how does Davis run the offense? Mm-hmm. What does the offense look like? Obviously, it's limited in terms of the playbook, but how does it look? How is the blocking? How much time does he have? And then, you know, we were talking about the running backs a little bit. They're really on display because if they, are. If they don't do well, the play action doesn't work. Mm-hmm. All these things we're talking about, about the receivers, it's really hard if there's no complimentary presence with the running backs. Marlon, then, I'd say we're talking Marlon Mack. Yep. Dam- I'm excited to see Damian Pierce. Yeah. I think a lot of people want to see this guy in action. And uh, J- uh, Jalen Petrie said the other day, somebody asked him about uh, uh, Damian, and uh, he was like, uh, yeah, you get from him, he, he can easily run you over. <laughs> he's, Since the moment, he's that tough of a runner. The moment they introduced him, I remember he did his uh, very famous shirtless Zoom, and uh, he's very excitable and <laughs> colorful. That. He was fun to talk to. And Great interview. First yeah. thing I ever saw of him was at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. I heard this loud noise on pass uh, blocking pickup. The linebackers are blitzing, and he's knocking people down. He's a big hitter. You hear the plastic popping. Yeah. He's a physical football yeah, player. Fans are going to love seeing that. All right, so uh, Saturday night, uh, preseason opener against the Saints. Training camp a couple weeks in. It's been a fun conversation, man. I appreciate you carving out a few minutes. Aaron Wilson, again, you know him well. He's covered the NFL a long time now with uh, Pro Football Network, Sports Talk 790. Does some work for those guys. And now a part of the uh, KPRC2 Click2 Houston team. Uh, You'll be contributing with some great articles and videos, and you'll be pop on the sports Sunday some. So it's going to be good. We're going to have to get you a badge. I I think I'm going to talk to some security. I'm excited. Get you you on board. Sneak me in here. Awesome, man. Great to see you. Great conversation with Aaron Wilson. This has been Episode 5 of the KPRC 2 podcast, and uh, we'll do it each and every week. It drops every Friday at 1230. And then, of course, it lives on our website, click2houston.com. Just go to the podcast tab, and you can listen to all of the episodes as well. But this one, fun time talking Houston Texans. That's it for now. For Aaron Wilson, I'm Randy McAvoy. We will talk to you again next week right here on the KPRC 2 Sports podcast.